Welcome to another Virial USA podcast. This is Alan, and I'm joined today by Robin Stacy from York in England. How are you, Robin? I'm very well, Alan. Thank you very much for having me on the on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. So you and I actually have met. Uh, we, we were both at the match in Liverpool, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think we. I think we. Realized we were both there about when we were leaving the game, as I recall. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Quite, quite how you found me in that crowd is absolutely incredible to us. I just, I remember turning around because I was with my brother and I turned around and there you were running towards me. It was an yeah. incredible find by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. It was, it was quite, um, it was quite something. The, the thing that was, that was amusing was that, um, for those of us that had gone to the, the match the night before in London, the, um, where the under, what, under 23 team played in that. Oh, yeah. One, one that, uh, won the Premier League International Cup or whatever it's called. You know, then I got to the train station the next morning and the very first person I see is, is Moritz. You know, admittedly, mm-hmm. we were both wearing Virial mm-hmm. yellow, so it was pretty easy to see, but it was like, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're in the, you're in a midst of, you know, hundreds of people pushing yeah. forward, and the first person you see is somebody you know. So that was kind of fun. So I think um, it really, it really sums up the club, doesn't it? The community spirit that you thought you can recognise people no matter which game you end up going to. Yeah. Um, I think I, was, I saw a fair few people I know that I met when I was out there as well. It was, it was just very peculiar, but it was a great game if I remember rightly. Yeah. Uh, we had all that tribute to Hillsborough and everything. It was a fantastic game. It was fantastic. It was just the end result that wasn't quite so good. But yeah, yeah. it was <laughs> it was an amazing experience and I think um I I was there um I had saved up some airline miles to go and and I was I remember saying to my wife, well, you know, I could, I could go and do this and, but I don't really know, you know, blah, blah. blah. She was like, you know, if you don't do it, you're never going to forgive yourself. <laughs> and she's right. I mean, it was great. And, and, it, and especially as a kid, having grown up, um, when I started following, um, football, Liverpool were a team that I supported because I think because, Somehow I, I, there was a Liverpool Arsenal divide and I came down on the Liverpool side. I'm not sure why. So, yeah. so it was really interesting being at Anfield as, as a visitor and, and I had never been there before. I'd always thought about going, but never had. So oh, it's, it's an incredible place. The atmosphere is, is amazing. My first game ever was Chelsea v Everton, so I went to the Everton side of things, and I must have, I prefer Everton to Liverpool fans, but, uh, hey, that's, that's me growing up with them, so. Yep. Um, Everton was class. It's a great, it's a great place for football. They really do love the football there. Um, great history, great club. So, yeah, um, exactly, exactly. So, tell me how you found how you found out about Villarreal and how you started supporting them. Um, so yeah, it was back in oh, it was way back. I think so. I was a Chelsea fan up until about two thousand and four, and then you could see the way the money was going in. It was just wasn't a club for me anymore it just wasn't what I wanted to be part of mm-hmm. uh, and I always had a kind of affliction for VRL but they were doing so well in the Champions League that you know any, anything going that way direction you've seen as a glory sport and that's never what I really wanted to be um, but then well in all honesty the season I started to really like him was the season we got relegated so it was that, that Man City we were in the I think Man City were just growing uh, it might have been the Champions League as well and we, we got relegated that season um, and that's when I kind of really found that I just I just loved the club um 
for then on, I supported them for quite a while. Um, and then my chance after university was that I, I didn't really know what to do with my life. So I went straight out to, to Valencia. Uh, I love the city. It was a great place to start. Uh, Facebook club, the, the owner and, um, a few people there at the time, uh, offered me the chance to go over and sort of write a few match reports and get free, basically go to every game when I can. So and they took me to a fair few games, met a few, fair, mem- fair few members of staff and it was a great experience. I went to, it was the year that Senna kind of returned to VRL. It was a sort of tribute match and I managed to meet him and Robert Perez and stuff. So it was really, really great. Mm-hmm. And I've supported them ever since, really. So, yeah, fantastic team to be part of. And I'd say they're my first team. I don't have any English team. All my people in work are always asking, oh, what are you, what are you doing? Who do you support? Who are you supporting this weekend? And I'm just like, I don't support anyone. I support VRL straight through. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think I I have to say, um, for me, I mean, it it I started supporting the team. It's a question of how you support them. You know, I mean, I started following their results and everything when they were in the Champions League. And I think part of it really came down to the story of the small town team that was taking on the Man United's and Arsenal's of the world and that kind of thing. But I think for all of us who went through, I joined the blog right at the beginning of the 2010-2011 season, which was an incredible run. And then the next year, of course, we had the relegation. And so Mm -hmm. it was like I sort of went through both sides of it. And it gave me an appreciation of the club. Um, Actually, the relegation maybe more than anything else because – you realized what the club thought was important. I mean, we were not going to pull money from the Cantera. We were, you know, we were going to keep the infrastructure that we'd built up and keep that um, stuff in the community at all costs. And that was, I think that was really pretty cool to me to see, to see that because it would have been much easier to have said, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, forget all this youth stuff and everything. We're going to save money here, save money there. And that was never a question. Yeah. And it's amazing now that we've got so many of those players that are part of that. I mean, I remember watching Jared Moreno sort of in in that in that time, and I knew he was in the world class. I mean, we, we let him go, but he was, I knew he would be coming back to us sort of thing. And I mean, I must admit, I was skeptical of Moy Gomez uh, at the time. I just, I, I just never you, thought. Yeah, was, I remember you and I had changes about Moy, but yeah, he, but he's really. I was, I was impressed. I hadn't seen him. Um, the the match that Elisa and I went to when we played Sevilla in, um, it was right after they had eliminated us from the Europa League, and it was pouring rain and everything. But the thing I just remember Moy that day was, I think he had a shot, he had a shot off the crossbar or something. But he was just the player. I think partly it was because he was playing on the side near us during the first yeah. half. But man, I was like, God, this guy is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just his, his problem has always been consistency to carry that, do that level for ninety minutes. That's the only thing. He just disappears after a while, and I think the yeah. club always felt like that, and that, that he, you know, he wasn't getting to get much better, sort of thing. But I don't know. If credit to him, he has come back and he has changed things and he has, you know, adapted well. And you can see his love for the club. So yeah, uh, I can't fault him really. Um, how exactly. he is. I thought when I saw him last year for Wesca, I, I was really um, couldn't. I mean, I, all the all the positive things were there, and I just thought he was much more. And he was also more mature. I mean, you know, when he was younger, 
is like Samu now. You know, it's like you you think you're invincible, so you take on three defenders instead of yeah. making the pass you ought to make, right? And yeah, <laughs> and with maturity comes come you know experience, maturity. Mm-hmm. You realize that, that you know you're going to do just as well by by making the pass that's that's there. Um, I think Moy was was great. And then now, did you see Pau Torres play at all when you were, or was he mm-hmm. too young then? Yeah, I think he was a bit too young before for my time. My my season was um, I'm trying to think now. It was a, it was a while ago, but it was. It was the season for Luciano Bieto, and I wish I'd seen him play. Uh, I'm always scrutinised by other VRL fans for having massive affection for him, but I just thought he was when we when he was playing for VRL, it was absolutely fantastic. I've never seen a better striker when he was on his form. When he was, yeah, he was he was amazing against Atletico Madrid and against Barcelona. I remember watching him and just just you know so happy. He was amazing. But I've always I've always been the one for the underdog striker. I met um so Nil Nilmar was always one of my favourites as well, you know, just underrated for what I met his bro- um I met his um I met so it was really random, I was in a hostel in, in Rio de Janeiro, I think it was. Uh no, it was in Santiago in, in Chile and I met he one of his relations there. He was just chatting to me the whole time about him and stuff like that. So it was really, really interesting. But yeah. Um but yeah, my my time in VRL I was sort of it was a season where we were still trying to secure us and so I managed to get, I remember, yeah, Moy Gomez was still at the club. I got my shirt signed by practically every player. So it was still Ruben Canny, mm-hmm. um, really, really good player. Cap, Captain Villa might have still been playing then as well, I think. Um, although I might have left, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the most, oh, Jeremy Prevert and Giovanni Dos Santos were there. And Manu, Manu was really getting into form. He was coming yeah. the key striker yeah. at midfielder. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I always, I always had an affection for, for Jeremy because I thought he was, I mean, he's, you know, technically he's a very, he's a very limited player in terms of, of, of how he can play. And I was mm-hmm. talking with somebody about this and they said, yeah, but you know, for a fox in the box kind of guy, I mean, yeah. so a couple of his goals that, that, um, that promotion season were just, oh, you know, it's like, it's, it's so nice to have somebody that, when the go- when the chance gets created for you, just converts it. You know, is in the oh, right. He, he was he was a revelation. He was a really good player, and that was the season that Giovanni Dos Santos was pretty good. We signed uh, Pinar as well. That yeah. season, so two two players from Mallorca, and that was that was fantastic. You know, that that was a season where I you know I, I did fall in love with VRL, and that's when I knew I really loved them. Was the fact that you know I was still take you know enjoying those periods, and I was saying this to someone in work the other day, just. The fact that we're up and down all the time in the table is just, it's fascinating to me. You know, you don't feel like a glory support. You don't feel yeah. at all bad for supporting the team. You know, last season was, it was hard to watch, but you know, we still enjoyed it. You know, uh, my brother's a Swansea fan. So we, you met my brother as well, wouldn't you, when you came? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. He's a Swansea fan. So he's used to the up and downs as well. So. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. I think that, I think that's right. I think that one of the things that is, that's interesting for, People overseas, whether American or, or English or whatever that follow Virial is that you have to, you, you, you certainly aren't doing it for the glory. I mean, yes, I think most of us originally noticed the team because of the Champions League run, because in those days, if a, if a team from outside England didn't, didn't get to the quarters or semis of, of a major tournament you didn't really notice them i mean even the uefa cup in those years was not that big a deal right and so i think you i think for a lot of this 
it, it really is you, you find that something that binds you to the team and that something is there regardless of whether or not you're, you know, yes, you're a huge fan and you, obviously you want them to win, but if they don't, you, you just pick yourself up and, and go on and figure, okay, we're going to recover now because I remember when we got relegated, I just sort of sat in shock for a couple of minutes. I think kind of like everybody in the stadium did. And then it was like, okay, well, what do we do now? <laughs> and I, I enjoyed the second, you know, some really, it was a good season. You know, we were fighting. I mean, we were, we were top most of the time, but it was still an interesting, you know, sometimes we were dropping down from first to second and all sorts of stuff. So it was fun. To, and I just, I, I love the fact that if you, if you get a chance to go to VRL, not everyone does because obviously people are from quite far away. Um, but it's a fantastic community experience. You know, you go there and it doesn't, in all honesty, it looks like any other town in Spain, you know, one that's remote from our places, but you go there and it's so welcoming. There's something, there's definitely a feel to the whole place. You mm-hmm. know, you get to go to the training sessions, you see the players up close, they sign autographs and everything, because stadium, club shop, the bars, everything is devoted to the football club. Uh, I really, really admire it and I have a great feeling. I always feel very welcome there. Um, you know, I've got some friends that are still there and stuff, so that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of them have been on this podcast. Tom, yeah, he's, he's still over there. He's having a great time, I think. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> I is. I have a beer with him, but I've forgotten. Uh, every time we go, he's, he's either not at the game or, uh, I, I can't make it. I'm going in two weeks time, actually, so that, that'd be great. Um, oh, be, I'm going for the half. Ask you half, half going to be there. It's the half marathon that weekend in Valencia, so I'm going to go for that game. I think I actually missed the game on the Friday because I'm flying over, but uh, on the Saturday I'll be going to a club shop and stuff, so hopefully we get a victory that weekend. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the um, the uh, thing that I remember, even when, when we went, um, it was raining really <laughs> badly, so we didn't get to do as much of the stuff as we would have liked well, probably to. Probably because I was there at the time as well. Uh, rain follows English people around all the time. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> so it was, um, you know, so it was, it was pretty dreadful weather. So you get to do all the stuff we would have liked, but yeah, it's, it's a really welcoming place. And the thing that's really, I, I think I've said before on the podcast is it's just really interesting where you, you know, you get off the, if, if you're not staying there and virtually nobody from outside is, you know, you take the, you take the train, you get off the train and it's just like, you know where the ground is because everybody's going that way. And yeah. it, no it, signs for it. No one needs to. You yeah, just know. Need it. I mean, <laughs> just head away from the, head away from the train station and you'll eventually, you'll see this, this big structure, you know? So it's, um, and it's, and it's, I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I do see a lot of the younger fans on Twitter, um, talk about how the atmosphere at the ground is, needs to be, you know, more, a little more passion and everything. And I get that, but there's also that, it, it's interesting because there's also that feeling of the old timers who have been going to Viriel matches since they were, you know, in the Tercera or something and are, and, um, you know, they, they kind of go and, and enjoy the entertainment and, yeah, they're not the loudest in the world, but they're, but they're always there and always supporting the team. Yeah, I think they fill the stadium every time. Every time. Every time I've ever been, the stadium's been rammed. Um, so that's, and, uh, exactly, that's exactly what you mean. And, you know, it's, it's a great place to go. And I've, I've never been one for a football, being in a football stadium where, you know, masses singing and hardcore stuff. 
I can't sing for my love of God, um, but it's, it's just great. Some, some of the chants and stuff, um, the fans, I mean, they do like their sesame seeds, I'll give them that. Like, you go yeah. into the stadium and there's just peanuts and seeds everywhere and you're basically walking on popcorn, but um, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting experience. But um, it's a fantastic stadium and I love what they've done with it as well. It looks it looks incredible, it looks very futuristic um, and it basically yeah. kept, kept all the old charm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think the the thing that, of course, people have to realize about Virial and, and, and frankly about most of the Spanish sides is that the ground, you know, where the teams, I hate to focus on money because I wish we didn't have to, but, you know, where the um, teams make their money is mostly on television revenues. And so whether or not you, you know, what you charge for the match experience is really making a small difference in your bottom line and i think that's one of the things that virial has always tried to do is offer really great deals for the season ticket holders and so forth for exactly that reason because you know you don't need these are the people that are your lifeblood and your support you don't need to be getting tons of money out of them which is something i wish english clubs could learn (laughs) all that money goes goes to the community and and virl you know it gets funded into the, the city itself so and that, that, that's what's amazing about it, you know, it's, um, but yeah, no, I definitely agree on English clubs. English clubs have just forgotten all about what it values to be a football fan, you know, charging. I mean, I, I still, to this day, still remember it. And I say t- t- to everyone I know that, you know, like there was one season where I think the economy was like particularly bad. So it, I think, uh, the, the owner, he just gave, I think he gave free season ticket holders to people that were unemployed, you know, for people yeah. that couldn't get to the game or couldn't afford to. He gave them free. That's incredible, you know. That's that's what we love about this club is stuff like that, you know. It's not – it's right. it's right. forgotten, forgotten era. <laughs> yeah, it really is, and I think that's I think that's true. And I think the other thing is is that the – you know, you see that with some of the um, the fans' um, clubs too, whether it's – I mean, the um, Celtic Submarie, I guess, is the is – the, kind of most extreme example of this but but there are others too where you know those those supporters groups are always doing things to raise money for charity and and raise money for local organizations and that kind of thing and it's just really nice to see um because it's not you know it isn't about out singing somebody else (laughs) the whole thing (laughs) Yeah. yeah, we're not Liverpool fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's take a short break here, and then when we come back, we, we can talk about this season, and uh, I guess we have to talk about last week's match, even though it wasn't. Oh, yeah. the best. So we'll um, we'll do that. So I'll just take a short break here. In a bit. Okay. So. All right, so let's talk about this season so far, and you've have you seen most of the matches or? Yep. Yeah, uh, I've watched practically every every game yet, so uh, I'm really starting to see a huge improvement in the side uh, yeah. compared to last year. It's it's been incredible. I'm I'm glad we're showing a bit of faith in the manager. We I think every, I think everyone every single VRL fan at one point, including the owners, can feel a bit like that. At times they were skeptical about what we were doing, um, but to be fair to him, he's he's changed us, changed the formation round. He's secured people in the roles that they need to play in. I'm really, really happy with the fact that he's moved Cazola forward and Zambo and Ibora have really formed a really tight partnership in that midfield area. Um, you know, we were kind of screaming for it. I think everyone, everyone loves Santi. They really do. But as a defensive midfielder, it wasn't, it wasn't his, his area. 
Uh, I don't mean that, you know, his quality on the ball stuff, but he was sort of going backwards into the defence and that sort of confused the defence and he wasn't necessarily playing out from the top and that's just not his style. It never has been really. So um, I think moving the defensive midfield, I I played him defensive mid myself and it is a role that you need to be sort of tall and strong and obviously his ball control and protecting the ball was fantastic. But getting into that mess sort of caused a lot of confusion. But having him, that's, you know, he's, he's really, really, really shone in that position that he's in now. And he loves it. You can see it. Um, and I'm so happy he's back at the club. I really am. It's, it's oh, I, I agree. Yeah. And, and of course, the whole thing is, I mean, every, every game he plays is just, you just shake your head in, in amazement at everything he's been through and, I think the commentator said it's spot on last week. He said players like that, like Joaquin, like Santa Guzzola, I'm sure David Silva, Juan Mata, those sort of players, you just, I think any single, every single football fan, he just appreciates them for who they are. I mean, I know Santi had a, a rough time and stuff and it was spectacular, a miracle that he came back to play football, but I think everyone just loved watching. You know, in England, I think to- even Tottenham fans, I think, would appreciate Santa Guzzola for Arsenal. And that's saying yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's just incredible to see him back. Yeah, and I think you look at every, you know, every time we're playing, um, on the road, you always see that the, um, the home fans, you know, they're always supporting Santi. You know, he, he comes, if he, I guess at, at Osasuna or which was it Osasuna, whenever he came off and, you know, gets a big ovation from the other side's fans. I mean, yeah. everybody just really, and it's sure partly it's appreciation of coming back and after everything, but it, but he's just always a player that you love to watch and yeah, and, yeah. He's got a smile on his face every time he plays. You know, it doesn't matter winning or losing. Yeah. Um, I mean, when that penalty last season where he's crying, that just showed the passion from him. I think everyone felt so sorry for him. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe that penalty. I never thought he'd ever miss, but uh, yeah, I mean, I these things happen. But it worked out okay, didn't it? So yeah, it did it did. Yeah, I think that. The thing about, um, the thing that's, that I think is really difficult or, you know, which, which I think we're starting to, I know last, the Osasuna match, I think a bunch of people, including me, felt was that, yeah, it's, we seem to be settling on a good starting 11, but we have to rotate that to some degree because I just felt as though you, some of your older players, including Santi, are just getting, a lot of minutes and even though it's only one match a week and we're not playing in Europe it's mm-hmm. almost like we said okay well we're not playing in Europe so we don't really need to rotate these players well yeah you do and i think yeah. that kind of came out in the second half um i think on on um this last match that we just i, I don't know i felt i felt like that was that was the one match where I felt like of recent ones where I felt like um, the coach maybe could have made some changes that he didn't make. I was yeah earlier I, on I think so yeah uh, yeah and that was a little you know it 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 reminded there have been times throughout the last ten years where you get to this point where you you look at the starting lineup the coach has and you think oh my god you know and I won't yeah. say quite that bad but i but i did think that i was a little disappointed in the starting lineup and i think in some respects what i was afraid of was kind of borne out i think the um i think we have samu is really good as a super sub i'm not sure against a team like osasuna that's really good at putting pressure on the ball and everything they sort of figure out early on we can kind of push him wide and 
and uh, yeah. and neutralize him, and that didn't work. And a combi, you know, I would have brought Moy on. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a straight spot. And they kind, I think they kind of complement each other quite well in the sense that like Moy needs, Moy probably should start or someone on our right wing and then you bring Samu on. I think Moy definitely was better, is betterly, sorry, is better defensively by far. Um, yeah. Samu, Samu to his credit, he has started putting a little, little bit of effort on it. It's just his positionally play. So he's not afraid of a tackle. It's just the position, like getting back, getting forward sort of thing. Um, and then as we said earlier, like Moy can be quite inconsistent. So he starts really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he sort of disappears a bit. So having, having Samu to take his place on at that point is, is pretty good. Um, one thing I also think is quite good to point out that I think Gerard plays really well on that right wing. I think he played better when I've seen him play. I think he looks happier on that, on that right wing. And I don't think it's classing him as a right winger. I think it's playing more in a 4-3-3 with him. Um, so he's a sort of center forward on, on that right wing. So I'm just trying to get my geography right there. Um, but yeah, and he's, he's better, I think, in that position because there's less pressure on him. I think he, he suffers a bit from pressure. In the sense, in that centre forward role, he, he played it really well and he's come back a bit more. He's held onto the ball, which is great to see. But I think, um, Toko is better probably in that position at holding onto the ball. Uh, and Gerard's really good at that one-two play and sort of cutting inside. And yeah, I, I really admire Gerard. I quite liked him in that role. So I like, I like Toko in the middle, Gerard on the right. Uh, right, and then maybe you know Moy or a- anyone. You, we've got quite a lot of choice on, the, on that left wing uh, right. to do it. Right. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that I mean, credit to um, Kaleha for going. You know, he sort of went with a very attacking lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm I'm happy that he didn't. We, we've had coaches before who have, I think, gone too far the other way and tried to be yeah. very defensive. Of course, with our current roster, we don't have a lot of really many players to do that with. But mm-hmm. I, I think, but I do think we need to get some play from, um, guys like Trigueros and Morlanes and, uh, we need to help, we need some players. I mean, Trigueros, I mentioned, because I think Santi can't carry the whole burden of being that yeah. sort of passer. I think that's, that's a straight swap there for Manu, Manu and, um, Santi, really. Um, mm-hmm. I think, like, Santi had a cracking season where he played, he played every game last season, sort of thing. Um, and he is incredible and it is sad to see him if he's off the pitch, but against sides possibly like Osuna. Um, and I don't want to discredit Osuna at all. I think they no, were absolutely incredible, well. incredible in the second half. They, they were, they, they really took us to the cleaners, I think, really on that one. Um, and then, yeah, I think Trigueros would probably provide a bit more. I'm not really sure. It, it, they are very similar players sort of thing. And Trigueros isn't defensive, so I wouldn't have him swapping for, for Zambo or Ebora. Uh-huh. I would put him straight up there with that. Um, cause he, he's, he, he worked well with Bruno in that position, but, um, Bruno was sort of in, just, you know, he's incredible. He was more, he was better than both, uh, Zambu and, and Ibora in that, in that position because his forward play was better. Um, so yeah, I, I agree completely. I would swap out Ibora and, you know, Zambu if they want to have a break and maybe put Funes Moray in there or Cas- Cascaris or I can never pronounce it properly. Cascaris. I really, really admired him last season. He had so much passion. He was so much drive. He got quite a few yellow and red cards, uh, yellow cards, if I remember rightly, because he was just very yeah. rash. But he'll yeah. learn as a defensive midfielder. Pe- people talk about the height as well, but I think if you got a tenacity in there, I think he's 
pretty much, you know, fine. You can leave, as long as you've got a tall enough defensive midfielder alongside him, then it works out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you could yeah, also. Several, I know several people thing. commented yeah, that sorry. last year, several people commented last year that exactly that thing, that he would be fine along with a, with a guy like Ebora. But of course, what happened was that Ebora sort of came in and replaced him. <laughs> so we didn't actually, yeah, so we didn't actually see those two together. Um, you know, so I think it, I mean, I, one thing Kaleha has shown is he's, he's been very, um, good, I think, at sort of self-reflection and seeing, mm-hmm. and seeing what needs to change. And I think probably he is listening to, you know, kind of saying, okay, well, that was the first eight matches of the season, albeit with a couple of international breaks. And now we're going to go into a section where we do play a little more often. We've got the Copa matches at some point. So, you know, we'll see what, we'll see. I, I think some of those players will get minutes. I, I hope so. Um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think when we, when we play really well, you know, everybody gets excited about Champions League, blah, blah. When we, when we don't play well, people start, you know, thinking about last year. And I think the reality is we're in between those two. Um, yeah. pretty, pretty, um, it, it's really, I think the thing that I have been, surprised by I mean I have um I thought Powell was going to be good I didn't see him last year with Malaga but I you know heard talking about him but I I didn't expect we would go from a season where we were basically having to play three center backs because we couldn't no no two of them were good enough to play together as the only two to having two center backs chosen in the Spanish national team (laughs) They're absolutely, they're absolutely incredible too. And I think that, that the credit, credit, credit where it's really, sorry, credit where it's due, those two are absolutely incredible in defense. They're really, they really well work well together. Powell learns a lot off Alwiel and Alwiel can kind of rely on Powell's speed and stuff like that. They coordinate so well. Um, right back as well. Incredible. Oh God, I can never, never. Um, but he, he's, he's done really, really well at the right back to secure his place. That's the thing. There's always, always slightly a lot of criticism on Mario, and sometimes it has been warranted. I think the only thing that's happened in Mario's downfall is he's got a bit older and he's lost the pace. That's that's all, you know. Otherwise, he was absolutely incredible as a defender. I still remember that goal he scored England. He got a call up for Spain and scored that incredible goal against England. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. the left left back is always going to be a bit bit iffy sort of thing. Obviously, we've got Moreno, who he wasn't very popular in England for his lack of defensiveness. But I think coming back to Spain, he can really show the world what he was doing because he was incredible at Sevilla before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, left back's an interesting role. It was a shame to see Costa go, and I don't think he was all he was all too bad really. I was surprised he left. I, I know he sort of fell out a bit with well, there was stuff that went on behind the scenes, I guess. Um, to see him go to Valencia was it was quite a quite a shame because he was always been loved and he's always been part of the club. It mm-hmm. might come back next season and we might you know forget all about it. But it's a it's an interesting one left back. Yeah, it is. I, yeah, Costa. I mean, I've always I I've always sort of respected his efforts. I think he's I think he's one of those players who is going to be. How you perceive him is going to be partly a function of who plays around him. And, you know, he's not, he's, he's, um, he's definitely somebody who's going to get a bunch of yellow cards for you because of his, his tenacity and everything. He's going to exactly how he, 
I think last season, yeah, there probably were some things going on behind the scenes. I think the whole, I think probably with Pedraza too, I think that whole left-sided thing last year, um, didn't really, didn't really work out, um, quite how we thought it might. So, you know, I don't know. I think he's, he's still, um, he's, I think Kintia is definitely the guy of the future. Um, being able to pick up Moreno is, is great, you know, too. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if there's a place for Jomi to come back or not, but I guess those are things we don't have to worry about quite yet. Um, He's done a cracking job um, stepping in at left back as well. You know, his, his crossing is phenomenal, and I think he's, he's learning a bit more as a defender again. And I think that's having Powell there. And to fair to Powell as well, you see, I saw him last week sort of shouting at a, a Zambo and sort of directing them, making sure he was defending properly. I mean, I don't, I don't suppose Zambo really understood a word he said because obviously he completely <laughs> there, but, um, but he, he did a, he, they've done a great job and yeah. defensively that, that was our main problem last season and I think they've really shored that up. We're getting the goals, so that, you know, things are definitely picking up. All right. Yeah. Last, last, last weekend was sort of a, it was a bit of a shock to the system, but I think somehow we also needed that a bit, you know, uh, you can see power was definitely on, on a buzz from his, um, Spanish call up. Oh, Obviously we were flying around and we only lost 2-1 really. I mean, that, they won their goals. I can't remember who scored it, that defender. It was an absolutely incredible goal. It was nothing you were going to do to stop that anyway. Um, right. The second goal, I think we just sort of fell asleep really. Um, but credit to them, their, their striker, I can't remember his name. It was absolutely, you know, he's like, he's like a bullhound. He was just chasing down everything in the face. And that's exactly, he's like, it reminded me of a Diego Costa. And I remember Diego Costa, that nasty yeah. piece of work. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chimmy Avila. Yeah, he was, he put, he, I, he played for Wesca late last year. I don't know if he was with them the whole year. And I remember seeing him, seeing a game. They weren't playing us. Who were they? But it was a, it was like they were playing before us. Maybe it was, um, Oh goodness, maybe it was a game against Celta, I think. Yeah. And, and he was really, same way. I was like really impressed with him. Um, but yeah, he's, de- he's just definitely a guy you don't want to play against because he's just so in your face and so tenacious. Um, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to walk down a dark alley with him, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Like a guy will just jump on you. Um, but yeah, he was a, he was a, he was a great, he was incredible to watch. And that's the thing. I think, you know, there was a lot of sort of defeatist comments and stuff like that saying, oh, we, we should have beat them. But I think they, they just played really, really well. You know, they didn't give a, give us quarter at all and they were incredible. So credit to them, you know, onwards and upwards. Um, yeah. I yeah. couldn't really fault them in that game, to be honest with you. They played amazing and it was great to see, you know, there's some, some players there that were really sort of shone. Um, and they were sort of typical side, you know, that just sort of, when when took all guns blazing, just took us on, and you know they got the victory, and I think it's very well deserved. To be honest with you, you know. I yeah, I, I think that I I was I have to confess I gave them I had not seen them play, and I was thinking that they would be maybe a little more in the mold of the um, team that has just come up from the Primera from the Segunda that is basically trying to keep the game tight and then and then nick a winner from a free kick late on you know because we've certainly played teams like that and i was really um i mean i knew they would be um i knew they would they would come out you know they're they haven't lost in their at their home ground for some enormous amount of time and um you know they they drew barcelona there um but i but they hadn't scored many goals you know and i and i was kind of 
I think in, if if that hadn't been for that screamer of a goal from outside the box, which, as you say, there was nothing you could do about that, if it had mm. finished one-to-one, I think we would have considered we kind of escaped with a bit of a lucky point, but okay, fine. Um, you know, you can't really, you know, you know it's one of those games where were they a goal better than us? Maybe not, but maybe they weren't. Maybe they were close. You know, we certainly, yeah, you certainly couldn't make a case that we should, we should have won it or anything. I mean, it was nothing. No, no, I don't think we did. You know, they, they, they took Samu straight out of the game. We barely had any shots on goal. Yeah, uh, I think to be honest, we were lucky. Could you remember that Senko's uh, save? He had, that, he had one incredible save. If it hadn't been for that, we would have definitely been three one down. To be honest with you, um, yeah. and I think that was, that was uh, yeah, that was Chimmy Avila. Who, I think it was one of them where he, he said, you know, I basically he he missed the easy one and scored the hard one kind of thing. Yeah, that was yeah. spot on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they played very well, and I think they were. Um, I, I think you know, much as you always want your team to win every game, you you do have to remember that there is a second team that's trying to do the same thing. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes they, um, sometimes they, they do it. Um, I think the, the tough bit is that we're playing, a, October is a little difficult for us because we have three matches, only one is at home. And, mm-hmm. you know, our next one's at, at Espanol in, well, almost two weeks. And we haven't usually played well there. Um, yeah, they're good sides. They're a good solid side. Then, uh, yeah, they have they have the air of Barcelona about them. But I, I prefer them to Barcelona. So I'm just saying that because one of my friends is a hardcore Espanol fan. So just keep uh, him happy. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Well, it, it's it's interesting because they've had um, so far. You know, their their league start has been very poor, but they play very well in Europe. And and when I was talking to Julian, um, the podcast. Uh, before this, he was saying, well, he felt like last year that we, when we played in Europe, we were essentially free of all the pressure that we felt in the league and we did much better. And yeah, maybe true. Espanol was a bit like that too, because I, I still shake my head. You know, when I, when I look at the Champions League roster, uh, the teams in there this year, and I, and I look at the Europa League teams and I look at all the teams, I mean, we beat Zenit St. Petersburg. Who are in the Champions League? We mm-hmm. beat um, we beat um, Sporting Lisbon, you know, where you, where your beloved Vieto is now playing, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah bless. I'm going to go and watch him play. I'm going to try and go head over to Portugal this year and see uh, Sporting Lisbon play. Um, yeah. I must admit, it's, it's because of him because I want to see him play again. But yeah, um, it's, it's crying shame not seeing him and the form he had for us. I still remember that goal against Atletico Madrid. Do you remember we just he just turned Diego Godin? So oh yeah, he's, one. Yes, yes. Uh, that, that, that was, was a dream goal for me. <laughs> yeah, that was probably that was probably one of the great goals of recent years for Villarreal. Yeah, yeah, and just you know turn turn Godin like a top as I recall. <laughs> Yeah. This is one of the best. I mean, that that is what secured him the signing for Atletico Madrid, and yeah. probably ended his career in all honesty. Um, but that that turn was a dream, yeah. and he scored against Barcelona as well. If I remember rightly, it was a little. Was it Gio Davani dos Santos played a nice ball across the wing, and uh, he just he just slipped in. It was just a dream. I've been shouted at for loving his goals before, but that season, 2014, was incredible from him. It was you know, 20 goals a season. Your first first season in La Liga. That's pretty impressive. Um, it yeah. <laughs> is. It's unfortunate that he ended up, you know, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that he ended up in a situation where he never really got the playing time and, and he wasn't the sort of player that they, 
they need it, I guess. But it, it's interesting when you look at these players like Vieto, who have we, we've had several players like this who come and have one really good season, mm-hmm. and then, and then for whatever reason, maybe they move, maybe they um, maybe they uh, you know get injured. I think that was the case with Giovanni that he he got yeah. injured and. and uh, you know, was never as good again as he was that first year. It, it's it's always a bit of a crapshoot, you know. That you and you get, um, and I think that's why when you got a player who you get a chance to cash in on, you do it, you know. Yeah, well, that's what we are. We're, I, I don't like the expression feeder club because I don't think we are. I think I think we our players just get snapped up, and I'm I'm scared that Pau Torres might end up being snapped up a bit. But it happens less with defenders. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just one of those things, and I think Bieto was also he was sort of persuaded and always groomed by Atletico, if that's the right word to say. Yeah, uh, I think you know, and he always reminded me of kind of um, Fernando Torres going from Chelsea to Liverpool, uh, from Liverpool to Chelsea. It was just exactly the same kind of thing. So Bieto, well, you know, similar to Torres at Liverpool, was just this quick pace through ball thing, and mm. Atletico Madrid wanted to kind of turn it into like Diego Costa, this sort of holding up striker, held onto the ball and setting people off. So it was a very different way of playing, and it's sad to see. You know, he didn't have a great time at Fulham either. And Lisbon, I don't think he scored that many either. But um, I, I think he'll come good. Um, and I was always egging on to, you know, I remember contacting people in the club saying, oh, are you going to sign him again? And, you know, no one listened. But then again, we've got some great strikers at the moment. So it's great to, you yeah. know, we're doing well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it is. And I think you look at the, um, we look at the, at the Cantera and people coming up in the B and C teams. It's great. It's great too. So, you know, we have, we have a, it, the the pipeline now is really um is really quite good and you know you look at you look at players well, obviously Powell being the best example but you look at Gerard you look at at Kintia, you, you know all of these guys who are who are beginning to get time um with the first team and you look at players who are sort of knocking on the door and you know maybe if we can get to a point later in the season when we can give more minutes to some of the players that are just sort of getting called up for a game here and there. That will be good. We'll see. What do you think of Javi Antivieras? Do you, do you like him? He's, 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 hard. he's a hard player to kind of not like, but I don't know. I haven't quite grown on him yet. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I th- well, I think he's he's a – yeah, he is a he is a player. I mean, so far, I think he's, again, a bit like Samu, and I think he's he's somebody that I really like to see – in 20 minute bursts rather than, um, yeah, start exactly. match so far. And, and that may be partly also due to him joining the team so late and still, you know, kind of working out the kinks as it were. I, I like him, but I have yet to be, um, I have yet to be totally convinced, I guess, but I, but I like him. I mean, I think, I think he's, I think he gives us something, um, off, you know, as a, as a, say, as a sub. Every time he's come in, he's made an impact, I think. We haven't always scored as a result, but he's, he's had chances, created chances. Um, he seems to be one of those, um, players that goalkeepers produce good saves off or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same. I think, like in in a weird way, if if Samu did decide to leave, or if whatever happens happens, I think we've we've got enough cover there to kind of cover those sort of wing roles, you know, yes. with similar players. Obviously, he, he sort of dances around and he's special and stuff like that. But then, boy, boy, he has an attack doesn't make up for the defense side of things. So 
in a horrible way and I never really want to see him low, go and I think he, you know, he's a fantastic player to watch. I think if he did leave, it wouldn't be as big of a hole to sort of fill if, if, um, if, you know, if, if, if we replace him with other players sort of thing. So yeah. I, I think a lot of people eat me alive for saying that. And if he listens to this podcast as well, he's probably going to eat me alive for that. Um, but you know, he has been talked about in the Premier League. I've, I've lots of people already know him, you know, saw him mm-hmm. play against Barcelona and stuff like that. So. He is in name on his lift, but I think most clubs will be do exactly what Atletico do with us, let him kind of grow with us. Uh, if we can get a couple more seasons out of him, I think, you know, that's, that's fantastic. You know, he's a great player. And I know as a result, I think I saw an article the other day that we've signed two other Nigerian players based on, Retreat, based on, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's great, you know, I think they do create some incredible players over the years. You know, I followed them quite a few, you know, we had, um, there's John Obi Mikel in the Premier League. There's Victor Moses. I think he's Nigerian, if I'm rightly. Um, yeah. so they, they do produce some good players and that, that quick, quickness, you know, what, what we see in Samu is kind of quite, it's, it's quite special to watch, but I don't think it's specifically unique to sort of Nigerian players for one thing. You know, Victor Moses is just as quick as Samu is really. So, you know, you never know. We might be able to find another star in the, another sorry, star. I'm going off on one yeah. might be here, yeah. but you know. <laughs> Well, I think you do have to, I think as, a, it's a bit like losing four nulls last year. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting that you get to the point where you lose a player for really good money. And yet you said, I, I really didn't feel like that he was irreplaceable, you know. No, which, not really. He was, he was a peculiar one with his position, really. And I was saying this to a few, fair few fans of mine that are West Ham fans. I think, he was kind of too quick for a sort of Santi role in that holding midfield, that sort of centre attacking midfielder role, and just in the way he's very, very tackling down, which would have been perfect for a defensive midfielder, but then he wasn't a defender. He also had the quick feet for a winger, but he wasn't a winger. It was just very hard to sort of put him in, in, in the right position, really, with Fanals. Um, he was a great player, and he hasn't quite set the valley alight, I suppose, for West Ham yet. But, you know, I think he's there. He, he was he was a peculiar one. <laughs> um, yeah. I liked him a lot. I, I liked him, and I think that's why, and I think that's, but I think that's also why when he left, we didn't feel the sense of, oh, we can't replace him, because we never really, there were, you know, depending on the type of team we played, there was a position for him or there wasn't. And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I think he's, I think you're right. He's one of those players that sort of needs to, it, it, finding the role for him is, is a little difficult. Um, you know, I think Samu has got more obvious, you know, is more of an obvious place where you play him mm-hmm. and he's, and he's obviously very talented, but you know, at the end of the day, whenever that day comes, if we end up banking a bunch of money, um, for him, I think that's great. Um, yeah, you, you know. thing. it's not we're not feed, not a feeder club, but we have to take advantage of the players and take advantage of players at at some point. Um, it was interesting though. I did there was a article today in the local paper, the EPM, um, by Senor Lizarraga, who I always pay attention to because he's you know got the club's ear to some degree. And, I think I met him once. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and he. Um, he was basically the article was sort of basically talking about how much, as, as you know, that both um, Senor Roig and his son and Senor Leneza all, you know, they try like crazy to be at all these games that they can of the of the B team, C team, any of the teams they can get to. And he said, you know, you see the value of that when you look at 
you look at players like Powell, and he mm-hmm. said, you know, the only thing is I'm afraid he may not end up filling out this contract because he is going to get noticed. And at some point, you know, you have to accept that too. But, but you he know. He seems incredibly loyal to the club a bit more than sort of any any other player really, doesn't he? Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's oh, signed yeah. the new he is, he is, but I think it, he's very loyal. Um, of course, he's a local boy, um, literally from Virial. And, um, you know, ultimately though, it's, it, your loyalty is, is fine, but Senior Royce is also going to say at some point, if you got an offer of, you know, some ungodly amount of money, you mm. know, he's, he's not going to be an owner who sits down and says, well, I don't want you to leave. And I'm, you know, I mean, he, yeah. he'll be very honest and say, you know, this is probably a good deal for you and a good deal for the club or whatever. I mean, and I think that's why. You look at what defenders go for nowadays. It's pretty understandable. You know, you had Harry Maguire in England. He's now the most expensive defender in the world. And he was playing League One a couple of years ago. And, you right. know, Vincent Van Dyke as well again. I mean, they're both very worthy centre-backs sort of thing. But, you know, they've, they've gone up there. Sorry, yeah, carry on. <laughs> Sorry, no, interrupted. They've, they've gone up a lot. And, uh and so I think ultimately, I mean, I think it's, you know, signing a new contract and, and everything is obviously trying to, trying to, um, sort of preempt that sort of, that sort of thing. Um, you know, ultimately, I mean, let's face it, you know, I, I wish it were not the way it, the way it is, but money talks and, you know, there's certainly teams that have a lot more of it than we do. And. Exactly. Yeah, that's just the way it is. It doesn't mean we're a feeder club, but it also means that when players come to play for us, they they know that it's, you know, if, if they're going to finish their career with us, they're probably going to come back. I mean, I think we always leave the door open pretty much for, for players who, who, who go away for good money, but we don't expect that you're going to spend 10, 15 years with Villarreal. I mean, you just don't see that. Anyway, um, I've really enjoyed enjoyed talking to you, and so I'll ask you now that we've been through eight games and have a bit of a of a break. I don't know what you said before the season, but where do you think we're going to finish overall? I think we'll be just outside the Europa League places. I think uh, one of the other sides will catch us to fourth place, but uh, possibly Europa League. Um, but I'd probably say seven, six, something like that, just just to kind of still find our feet and sort of secure stuff. Uh, I think we'll have a bit of a sure idea next next season. But if we do well, then I will happily admit to being wrong. And uh, great, it'll be great to see us back in the Champions League again. And I hope to go to many more games this uh, this year and maybe next year. So yeah, yeah. that's been great talking to you as well. Um, you know, it's always fantastic to talk to sort of a British fan. And you do a great, great, great job with the blog, keeping it going. You know, I've been a member for a fair few years, had a bit of a break for a while, but um, no, it's great to be back and sort of see some of the comments and. And uh, so many new fans that are all part of it. You know, I, I used to think I was the only sort of British fan that was a VRL fan, but I've met a fair few over the years. And, you know, Tom's obviously working over in VRL. I mean, he's half a Fulham fan as well, but, uh, you know, we can't fault him for that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's great, great to see this, this this international community that's really growing around VRL. And it's a very much international club. And I think they're very welcoming of any kind of fans from outside the world. So, yeah. That's um, right. That's right. Well, be sure and tell tell anybody that's interested about Virial USA. I mean, I think the the name is. Um, I have actually no idea what percentage of fans who follow of people who follow us are from the U.S., but I I know there's a, a ton from elsewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> UK, Scandinavia, and and all sorts of other places too. I get emails from people in Egypt, you know, talking about oh, how. Wow. Yeah, so you know, it's 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 really it's really great to see, and yeah, the club is the club is. Uh, is a lot of, is really appreciative of, of everything. So thank you for your time and uh, yeah. really appreciate talking to you. And so for Robin and for Virial USA and Devon Virial. See you later guys. <laughs> All right.